we love Washington. Uh huh. And we saw him die hard fans. Yeah, we are. You know, we keep it on 10. One, let's talk about two, the one, two, and three. Defense. Let's go. And they gifted. We are Nathan and the Stoner. Yeah, that's breath the district. Come on now and join us. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. Trev coming in at the last minute. Love to see him pop back there. I almost got him on accurately, but uh, and then I goofed, but it's all right. Nobody's ever happy, guys. Nobody's ever happy. Your team is three and four, and mm-hmm. you feel like they're a bottom dweller in the NFL. At least that's how it seems. Mm-hmm. And then you have you have Gus here. I give him a piece of the old intro music, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was a pain to even find a clip that would work. And here he is asking for the whole whole thing. That's a that's a minute long, Gus. No one wants to sit through a minute intro for Ref the District, but we do appreciate everybody being in there. I hope everybody enjoys the new background, a little motion happening on that the show today here. But Nicole's absolutely right. Smash that like button if you're a Washington fan. And if you are listening to us on an audio platform, make sure that you are subbed as well. Uh, Show today, we're going to keep upbeat. We're going to keep positive. And we're probably all going to pick Philly to beat Washington. But we'll save that for the week eight predictions in the cool down. Uh, And then during the game, we'll be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles coming to FedEx Field to take on our Washington Commanders. And to warm us up here and the don't sleep energy warm up here on Ref the District, there are some serious trade rumblings. Mm. It kind of went from, you know, a few people were talking about it. Mm. You know, fans especially were really kind of like, nope, this season's done. Trade everybody type deal. Fire the coaches. Draft. Get get a first round draft pick for every player on the roster. Um To all of a sudden, now we're hearing that there are actual offers being put in. One for Montez Sweat, which was uh, all right. So we're going to be talking about that here for for this warm-up. And and right off the bat, okay, I'm going to admit to both of you and to our listeners here, I don't think a trade's going to happen. I just don't see a scenario where it makes sense for Ron Rivera and Marty Mayhew Agreed. to sell pieces. I just don't right. see it. That being Does- said, I'm kind of now getting open to the idea of getting pieces back. Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, Nathan. Are you looking at it from a fan's perspective on what you would want to happen? Or are you looking at it from a logical standpoint of what you think will happen in terms of what the front office is going to do? Yeah, no, front office, they're, they're, I would be surprised if their mindset was, oh, well, we should stock up on draft picks for next year. Right. They know there's no next year if they don't win, and you don't sell pieces when you're in a win-now situation. You acquire pieces. It's like trying to, if, if you're on a sinking ship, Trev, you're not, the, you're not the one trying to bail out water. <laughs> you know. You're done. You're done. Yes. So, so exactly. Trav, where where do you stand on largely these trade rumors around Montez Sweat and Chase Young, which, by the way, are the end 
of valuable pieces Washington would trade away, which is yeah. crazy because they do not have any any edge rushers behind them. No. So why not try to turn around a defensive tackle that you have a bevy of, and Fedarian Mathis is back on his track to start playing for the first time in his career. Um, why, like, why are we trying to get rid of the own the the one of the few positions we do not have solid depth at? Makes no sense to me, honestly, because I guarantee whoever we get back or whatever get back is not going to be equivalent to what we're giving away when it comes to Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Here's a thought. Why don't we check the waiver wires or some free agency stuff, you know, see if we can bring somebody in rather than giving away some pieces just to bring draft picks in that we're worried about next year already. It's only week eight. I'm not worried about the draft right now. If we're worried about getting draft compensation back for these trades, that means we're tanking the season. The season's over and we don't care about anything except for the draft next year. And we but have the trade deadlines next, next week. You either do it now tomorrow. or you don't do it. Don't do it because you're not going to get back what you want and it's not going to benefit this season. And we don't, this fan base, this organization, the city, the community does not have time to wait around again for maybe next year type attitude. Yeah. If we, we got these aggressors in the front office, make something happen. I, I mean, if, if it comes to firing a coach, making a trade for a player, mm-hmm. do it, but also go look at some free agency, go get somebody, see if you can bring somebody in. Why are you always going to try to give somebody away? Just see if you can get somebody to come play for you, knowing we have a new front office, knowing that we still have a chance that we could be competitive. I don't know. So it's, but... so it's free agency, though, you're talking about. So these are guys yeah. that are literally sitting on their couch. That's fine, bro. I mean, because it might be a better Hey, Justin Pugh that. just beat us. So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so. This fan base rallied around a guy whose whole persona came off of sleeping on a sister's couch. Right. Yeah. Because if we get a third or a fourth round pick back from Montez Sweat, cool. How does that help this year? It doesn't. It might not even help next year because we don't know who's entering the draft right now outside of the quarterback position. So it's like just keep what you got. Let them walk in free agency next year if you want to get rid of them so bad. But let them finish out this season and go get somebody off the street or trade somebody else who's not as good as Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Like, I don't know. Wild Goose. Get rid of him. Get rid of (laughs) Kendall Fuller, well, too, if you want to, crazy, to be crazy, if you want, you could trade Kendall Fuller. I don't know, but like, hey, just don't just leave Montez Sweat and Chase on the loan right now. Just leave him alone. Well, let me throw a couple of ideas out here for you guys and, and kind of <laughs> tell me what you think. I I think oh, it's boy. I think we all are pretty much in agreement that Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, who are the ones who are putting yeah. together this team, they are the GMs of this team, the co-GMs and Marty. Marty Mayhew, Marty, what's the other guy? Marty Meatballs, what's his name? Herney. Marty Herney, Herney. thank you. You know that these guys know. They know they're not coming back next year. They know that. There's almost zero scenario unless Washington goes on a seven-game win streak. Yeah, Yeah. they know it. It just makes sense with a new ownership group, even if it was the old guy the previous guy, they wouldn't, they're not coming back. So kind of what you were saying there earlier, Nathan, that why would the Martys and Ron set this team up for the future that they are not going to be a part of? But let me posit this theory. What if Josh Harris has basically hired 
a proxy GM already who is going to call the shots behind the scenes in terms of roster and coaches, at least for an interim basis until they clean house next year. Do you have your conspiracy music button ready? Hmm, I do. I have to figure out where it is because I can't okay. remember anymore. There we go. How about, because we heard some inklings mm-hmm. before the season started, right? There seems to be a bit of a rift in that front office and somebody was being a little coy about mm. whether or not they were going to want a GM position. They did want to move to the football mm. operations side. Sure. What if that person right. is your proxy who's going to come down or, or go down the hallway mm-hmm. to the Marty's office, to Ron Rivera's office, and says, hey, I have this directive from Josh. You guys are going to play out the season. But this is what you need to do. And that person is Jason Wright. Right. What are, what are the possibilities? Is there a possibility that somebody is running the team behind the scenes to prepare for a new front office setup for next year? Because, again, we all know that Ron is not going to get out there and Ron is not going to say, I'm going to do what I can to set this team up for the future. He's not going to do that because he knows he's not part of that future. You're so Josh Harris knows that. So why wouldn't Josh Harris have somebody in place making those calls already? I'm just asking the question. What's the possibility of that? I think it's probably a little bit low that we wouldn't have heard any kind of rumblings about it. Like we Mm. wouldn't hear that a, a Kevin Colbert as Gus is calling for would be, you know, kind of around the area. So that would be, that'd be why I don't think there's any, any truth to it. I mean, if there is, it would be Jason Wright, like I said, who's who's been trying to position himself to get into the football operations side Mm -hmm. and might have those thoughts. And Josh Harris was one of the biggest proponents and, and the starters to the process in Philadelphia. So it could be, that they want to kickstart this and they're probably looking at some options here, especially as the team looks like it, like Marty and Ron and Jack Del Rio and Eric Benemy all need to be going to Josh Harris's office and they need to be pleading their cases, why they think they can win out or do better the rest of the season. Because right now at three and four, they are still in the thick of it. And so this is where it comes down to when you're Treff, you didn't sink it this time into the thick of it. The, uh, I said that right now they're in the thick of it. You let, you let, I'm me just down, listening, Trif. not even paying. I'm just listening to his theory. Right? I, it was in my head. I was like into the thick of it. And I but don't even know what that's the, This Damn. When you are playoff pushing, right? Sellers mm-hmm. are, are losing. Like you said, Trev, when you sell yeah. players off, that's indicating like, okay, this this season isn't it. Let's prepare for next season. I actually right? disagree and, with that. But and continue. buyers buyers tend to be trying to get that last piece to make a move, which mm-hmm. most of us would agree you'd want to look at an offensive lineman. But how many offensive linemen are 
typically traded mid-season right. and worth the trade. I've right. not, I can't, I've, I've been Googling and I can't, can't find, find a any. single one <laughs> no. that was worth it. I mean, there might've been some that were traded. There was a, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers traded offensive lineman fullback Kendrick Green to the Houston Texans back in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Mm, not going to go ahead and say, not going to say that's worth it, right? Like, if we're not talking Trent Williams for a fifth rounder. That was, was before say, yeah, that was, was before the season. But how mm-hmm. many are, are released? Kind of like we've a seen lot. in the last few days. We've seen like a, a Frank Clark and, and the guy yesterday that Philly picked up and the guy that uh, Tennessee picked up today. The safety, I can't, you know, my names are all jumbled in my head. But guys, that how many offensive linemen have been released and then picked up by other teams around this time? But the point is very well taken that, yeah, as Gus says here, they don't become available even if they're halfway decent. Yeah. Because guys like Justin Pugh get picked up off the couch or other guys practice squads. That's how they get on other teams just because everybody needs offensive linemen. Nobody's out there saying, no, we don't need any offensive linemen. We're <laughs> yeah, we've got a bevy of offensive linemen. Let's just yeah. get rid of them. Yeah, not yeah. too many teams have that. Uh, thanks for the correction, Gus. It was Sam Hinky was the uh, the blueprint creator of, of the process. The, of the Prior process. to Josh Harris becoming the yes. owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thank you for that clarification there. So. <laughs> Now that we've gotten this out of the way that we don't think it's going to happen. Oh, uh-uh. I you think, think it it's going to happen? But continue. Yes. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen. Trev, you don't think it's going to happen. I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Trev's on the fence. Trev's on the fence. I think one, one of them are getting, is getting traded. I've 100%. been starting to look at it and reading Sam 4080's article in the Washington Post and kind of seeing like well one the market seems a little cold on both of them if their people are saying that a fifth rounder and of course it's absurd you're going to start if you're going to try to trade right you're going to be like hey i'll give you a you know you're not really winning this season i'll give you a fourth for chase mm-hmm. and then yeah. we have to come back and be like come on bro that ain't, come on. that's that's not happening <laughs> what are you, what are you, you doing bro you, you, you gotta you, doing, bro? you gotta you gotta go a little bit better right the thing is, everyone keeps bringing up the comp picks, which Sam 48 touches on the Washington Post article. Washington's not really guaranteed no, to get a comp pick for either of these two players leaving. The way it's based is, you know, if they sign big contracts, that's going to go in Washington's favor unless right. Washington signs somebody to a big contract. So, and then it offsets. And then it offsets. Mm-hmm. Now, also, comp picks would be for two years removed, right? So right. it's not an instant thing. It's not like you're going to get, you know, Chase Young is a free agent and then he signs with somebody and you're going to get a comp pick that year. Mm-mm. You're going to have to wait a year. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, well, we need to get at least a third. Right. You know, to, but do you actually, getting a third is actually, a third next year would actually be valuable to Washington. Right. Maybe. But you have to you have to think about it though, Nathan. Is you have to think logically about it. Is Chase Young going to sign? Let's assume that he's going to have the type of season that he's having now, and Montez Sweat is going to have the type of season he's having now. You is he going to sign? Are they going to sign big contracts with somebody next year? 
Yes, yeah. they are going to sign big contracts. Whoever something. doesn't get traded gets franchise tagged. Probably. Easily. Probably. And Easily. that, by by the way, and that is why I think one of them is going to get traded. Because they know full well, we've been talking about it really for two and a half years, that they are not going to sign both Chase Young and Montez Sweat to five-year, $75 million contracts both of them when you've already got Payne and Allen on that line making that kind of money. They're, it's not going to do it. They're not going to do it. So they're going to lose one or the other. That's why I think they're going to trade one or the other. And I think they're probably going to cha- uh, trade Montez Sweat and they're going to keep yeah, Chase. So yep. And that doesn't also that also doesn't mean they're going to sign Chase in the offseason. But I think they're going to trade Montez. They're going to get something for him. And because they're not going to, if he walks, they're not going to get something for him in the off season. Unless of course you have the whole comp picks work out in your favor, but don't, but with the amount of space cap space that the commanders have next year, which again, if all things work out, they've got like 80 80 plus million million dollars. You don't think they're going to sign a big time free agent next year. Of course they are. No, we, won't. we have no idea who that's going to be. So that's going <laughs> no, to offset whatever Chase and or Montez makes out there, and that will take away your comp pick. They have to get something for one of these two because they're not going to sign both of them. So I think it, I think it would be malpractice if they don't because they're not going to the playoffs. Their three wins are Denver, Arizona, and Atlanta. Three of the worst yeah. teams in the league, even though Atlanta's yeah, four and three. Stoner is back in the building. Well, they're not. The is anybody in here going to tell me that Washington is going to the playoffs? Hey, nah. we we are, what are we, four losses right now? So what's that make? Yeah, it? We're, we're 13 and four until I find out otherwise. <laughs> okay, Holy fair smokes. enough. We're going to find a way to beat Philly. Sorry, not sorry, Allison. We're going to find a way to beat Philly. And we're going to instill some some hope in everything in us and when this comes uh, down to it. So the question from a division rival, mind you. Hey, Gandara the the Comedian is in the house. Thanks for joining us. Would you guys be okay with Chase or Sweat traded to a division foe? No, you hate to see your guy that you that started their NFL career with go to a, a somewhere else, let alone a division opponent. Number one, it's just a weird thing to look at. Number two, it's like everything you said in the beginning is a lie because you chose to go play there. And then third, it's like they know everything that we they know our tendencies, they know who we are, they provide intel for us. No, I don't like it. Can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I, I agree, Trev. I I don't think you do that. You can't do that. You play no. these guys two times a year, every year. It's not like this is an every other year kind of deal, or you play them once every seven years, which is the way it is for for some of the other teams. No, uh, uh-uh. absolutely, you do not trade them within division. By the time you would uh, tr- complete this trade, you would have already com- faced Philadelphia and yeah. the Giants once, right? But we're talking about well, next year. We- and the we don't after. want, yeah, we don't want to Who see anybody else that they signed with that, that team. Uh, chances are they will. More, more than likely, mm-hmm. yeah. Whoever they get traded with, they're going to work really hard to get a mm-hmm. long-term deal. 
I, I do. I, I'm in line with you guys. I think you, you keep chase young, you franchise yeah. him. You made a mistake, not picking up his fifth year option. Yes. Too late. We can't go back over that. Yeah. Um, so that puts you in the position. Agreed. If you would have taken the fifth year option, mm-hmm. you can yeah. franchise tag Montez Sweat. Right. And try yeah, try to play him out yeah. on that franchise tag or trade him then. But because you left it to both of them being open at this point to get something, you you're just gonna have to get there. Now the the thing is, is this is just going to be draft value, and it's probably not going to be as high as we'd want. I mean, you probably are looking at a fourth or fifth round pick from right. Montez Sweat. Is that good enough? I mean, Lord knows if we got a second, it's going to be wasted anyways. But I mean, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be ideal to at least get a third round pick? Oh, well, it would be ideal is if you get three first round picks. That's <laughs> ideal. Or a player but of the same If caliber, that's the best you can do, is the best you can do is get a fourth rounder. Well, that's Keep better up. than letting him walk with and getting absolutely nothing for him. So, well, yes, what I if would. that fourth round pick turns into Brian Danielson, whoever we have, Braden Daniels. Daniels, Braden Daniels. Have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if that yeah. happens? I mean, or yeah. for Darian Mathis. Okay. What if that fourth round pick turns into Cam Curl? It's what if it turns into Brock either. Purdy? What if it turns into Tom Brady? What if Kirk a lot Cousins of what if? was a fourth round pick and people are asking if we're going to sign him in the chat? <laughs> right. Oh my God, gosh. no. Lord, not, no. One prime time win. And now it's like, oh, we need Kirk Cousins. <laughs> nah, now, if you ask me in, in terms of in division, if you say Philadelphia will give you a second and a third for Montez Sweat, no. would I trade to in division? Oh yeah, that I would do. But to Philadelphia for like a fifth rounder in 2025? No, I'm not doing that. And if that's the best offer I got, then he's walking. Because then I weigh my value versus risk, and he can walk and go sign with Philadelphia if he so chooses. But no, I'm not going to willingly sign him or send him to a division rival for a fifth round pick. Not me. I can't be the guy. I, I do like that second and third. I think, I think that is third. a deal. I think that is a deal you have to take. And as much ticket. as I like Tess, and and even you can rewind this all the way back to the beginning of the season. I said Montez is the guy to keep over Chase Young. Mm-hmm. He's been more consistent. They both have excellent seasons. You keep Montez if you can sign him to a long term deal because he's proven year in year out. He plays within the system. He is a very capable pass rusher. That being said, when all is said and done. This guy is like maybe thirtieth best pass rusher, if that. Yeah, bro, he's not. Like we're not we're not talking about a top ten guy. Chase Young could be a top ten pass rusher. In fact, if you look at his statistics right now, he is doing better than than the defensive the reigning defensive player of the year. Okay, he's getting there, and he's doing it in one less game. Yeah. So I'm changing my tune a little bit. Mm-hmm, you, sure. you get rid of, and then, like you said, you uh, you got to tag franchise tag Chase Young and hope that he can continue playing at that level. Yeah, um, I'm not here to poo poo on Chase like I normally do because, uh, right? I'm not here to do that. But let's not talk about his stats this year oh, without no. <laughs> saying 
the defense has not been any. Yeah, the defense has not been any game changing plays that he's made. And and I don't even really care personally in terms of if he's having a great year. Let's say he's having a TJ Watt type of year, but the defense is still 29th or 30th in all the categories. I'm signing that guy to a long-term deal, right? Because of the potential to play with other players in future years. Sure. But Chase Young is having a good season. He's not making any game-changing plays. Regardless of what the defense is doing as a whole, he's not changing games around like he did his rookie year. There are two or three halves that I specifically remember calling out during our play-by-play and commentary Mm -hmm. where Chase Young was the one player who was trying his best to turn around the game, Mm -hmm. who was being disruptive, who was – who was getting back there, who was doing, who was returning to that rookie year. Now we haven't seen a full game of it. Like we did his rookie year against San Francisco, but Mm -hmm. we've seen those halves that he's put together where he has been the driving force to getting this defense back into, you know, like take for instance, the giants not scoring any second half points. A Mm -hmm. big, large part of that was chase young was just an absolute menace. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there have been been disruptive. But he hasn't been game changing. I'm talking about look at some of these guys. Again, I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to really poo-poo on, on him. I'm just trying to say poo-poo. that he's not doing anything worthy of some sort of huge contract and everything. Because look at some of these other look what you know, the TJ Watts. Again, I'll keep bringing these same guys up because they are game changers. And the Bosa's. At least, uh, you know, Nick Bosa out in uh, San Fran and the Von Millers. And and who was it the other last week? Khalil I can't Mack. remember. Well, who was it? I said Khalil Mack was six sacks a couple weeks ago. Right, right. And there was somebody last week, and, and it's just escaping me again. The names are all jumbled in my head. The, you know, they have like, oh, it was uh, the guy from Cleveland, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Right. They gave up like 38 points or something to the Colts. But Miles yeah. Garrett had like three sacks. He had like four tackles for losses. He had it like uh, a, a blocked, a blocked field goal, um, yeah. two knockdown passes. You know what I mean? He dominated the game and he made game changing plays. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, they they still gave up a lot of points. Yeah, but he was completely dominating that game, and that's what I need from a guy like Chase. That's kind of my point in terms of signing him. I I don't have any reason to sign him other than tag him and give him a, one more year to do it. Otherwise, I'm I'm letting him go. And same with Montez, sure. by the way. Mont- Code talker trading either one of them would reduce Ron's chances of keeping his job. No disagreement. Nope. No disagreement. I mean, this uh, Allison pointed out we have seven defensive ends. When I said that, that is not an area we have a lot of depth. She pointed out the the number of players. Alcatone saying, plus we got Toucan Sam, which is uh, Casey Toohill. Uh, is that his nickname? As, that's who Alcatone's calling him. Oh. The thing is, <laughs> is Casey Toohill is Casey Toohill, folks. I know Thank he got you. The, I know he got the two Thank snaps, you. 18 snaps, and everybody, Thank to include you. these two, going mm-hmm. this way here, are like, oh, and he only got 10 snaps against the Giants. It's Casey to hill 
He got the same percentage of snaps. He got the same (laughs) percentage of snaps. You played 83 snaps against Atlanta. He got 18. He gets two sacks there. I'm not saying that's not impressive, but go ahead and look at all the other games where he's had 18 snaps and zero sacks. Okay. Zero impact at all. One good game, and that was it. And he gets he goes back to his 10. KC Tuhill, James Smith Williams, KJ Henry, Andre Jones. These are the guys. You're going to see out there if Montez Sweat or Chase Young get uh, traded. And I'm sorry, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, they're okay, yeah, nope. but they're not great. Yes, this defense was was okay and top five by a lot of metrics by the end of the season with Chase Young not having played but the last three games. But they but- are not. I, I get that most of you don't think Chase Young and Montez Sweat can be game changers, but they are really good players. And the yeah. talent drop-off yeah. between them and the guys behind them <laughs> is significant. Okay. Yeah, fair. Oh, yeah. This isn't this isn't putting Cornelius Lucas out there for Charles or Wiley, where the talent drop-off is minimal. Right. The talent drop-off is significant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, it I, is. I totally agree. Which is why we should not trade either one defensive ends if we want to make a little noise or make at least a little progress this year. Keep them both and let them do whatever they do in the offseason. If you're going to trade, trade somebody else. There we go. Bosa having a rough season, by the way. Tommy T bringing up that Bosa had zero sacks against the Vikings. Zero game-changing plays. I mentioned Chase Young having a better season than Bosa. Bosa is not having a great season this year, despite the fact right, that 49ers not. defense has been fairly impressive, although they've lost now a few questionable games, uh, probably because Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. Like I've been telling you all, all this <laughs> yeah. time. They didn't not... even touch Kirk in that game. Yeah. Kirk Cousins didn't even touch him once. The defense didn't. Probably because they got the best left tackle in the game, a guy who Washington could have picked up, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go into Philadelphia after talking about Louis's comment. A little off topic, Louis says. Uh, but any long snapper available? I really ju- distrust Cheeseman. Yeah, Cheeseman was my no go for this for this past game because he, I thought his snap issue was getting better, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing you know Tressway pick up uh, these snaps off the ground or having to go high for them. I was mm-hmm. really worried that he was going to send one sailing over Tressway's head and we were just going to give up a defensive touchdown that way. But thankfully it which didn't is, happen. Which is weird because weren't his snapping problems earlier in the year on, on the field kickoff? Yep. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's with the punting. So we haven't seen any issues with the kicking now. And, and now it's with the punting. I don't know. I, I just, you know, They traded up for Cheeseman. Mm-hmm. They traded up in the draft. And drafted a long snapper, and this long snapper is now looking like he's going to have somebody a call Nick Sunberg and see if he's still healthy or not. <laughs> Why not? Retired now. He probably retired at this point. Probably smart for him to do, and it's probably smart for us not to get too involved in this team as they face the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. But you just hmm. know we rock these burgundy and gold glasses, and we're going to tell you just how Washington (laughs) can beat those filthy Eagles coming up here in the game.